welcome to the Presenter Mastery Podcast. I'm Lucas, the amateur. And I'm David, the pro. And together, we're your weekly guides for unlocking the power of presentation skills. And today, David, we're talking about the... It wasn't the first, it was your last TED Talk, the 110 Steps of Excellent Communication. The... madness project of analyzing 5,000 speakers during seven years to understand and distill the skills we use when speaking. That is true. And to be more correct, it's the most recent one, because I am heading to Switzerland in a month or two to record another one. So uh, most recent one, and it's absolutely correct. It's the 110 Steps of Excellent Communication. Mm. Yes. Yes. And for those that do not know, they haven't seen this TED Talk, what are the 110 Steps? Ooh, it's it's me as a coach. I've been doing this for 20, 25, 26 Yes, now. And uh, give it 10 years in, I started seeing patterns in human beings, almost like, you know, Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Do you like Sherlock Holmes? Uh, I've d- I've seen... Your brain is similar to his. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I've seen a movie. I don't, I don't think I've read the book. You haven't seen the English series with Cumberbatch? For the, real? I'm sure, yeah. Get back and do your homework. Yeah, well, man. well, th- this is a a repetitive pattern from my life where people say that there are iconic movies that you have to have seen, and I have never seen them. Okay, all right, yeah, just so write that down okay, on your yeah, yeah, Sherlock Holmes Cumberbatch. Yeah, yeah, got it. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyhow, like Sherlock Holmes, so I started seeing human beings as as human beings, obviously, by seeing patterns around them and their behavior. And uh, I, uh, I stumbled across a particular situation in Stockholm about it was a manager and the HR manager in that company calls me up and they said, we have a problem with this manager. High, 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 high level, big, 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 big company. And so we have a problem with him. He's scoring low consistently on all the evaluations when it comes to communication with his employees. Nothing is working. We've sent him to psychologists, psychiatrists. You know, nobody's giving us any clues on what he has to change. Can you please come by and have a look? And I say, absolutely, I'll be happy to. And I go there. I walk through the door. He comes to meet me. And what he does is so interesting. So he leans his head forward. This is called a dysfunctional head angle which is one of the skills actually, Mm. where he leans his head forward, looks through his eyebrows and speaks in a dark voice and shakes my hand hand in such a steady, firm way, you know, and goes, hello, my name is Lars. How are you doing today, David? And his approach was almost like terrifying. And I looked at him and I thought to myself, that's that's a number of skills that wonder what happens if we change them. So we popped off to a conference room and I said, I think it's fairly obvious, you know, what's going on because you seem like a super kind person with a big heart. You're just not coming through in the same way that you feel. So let's try this. Tilt your head upwards so that your eye contact is not going through your eyebrows and just lean up a little bit on that register. So he went again and then he shook my hand and he did it a little bit more less firmly. And he said, hello, my name is Lars. And it was just a personality change. Mm. And that took literally, it took 60 minutes, I think. You know, you had to get acquainted. You had to give him coaching. 
yada, yada, yada. Uh, he popped off and <laughs> the HR manager got back to me and said, he went from a 3.5 to a 4.5. Uh, on his evaluation of all his employees. Mm. And since then, you know, he got promotions and uh, even his wife uh, contacted, well, no, through him, wanted to say to me that there was such a big improvement in their social life. These were two skills. Basically. Angle of the head yeah. and the register of the voice. And I just kept on, you know, I thought to myself, wonder how many of these skills there are. And I just kept counting and 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 counting. And seven years later, 5,000 speakers later, I think there was like 200 skills. And I boiled them down to 110 core skills. And that's the 110 steps of excellence. So two skills changed his trajectory, changed his evaluations, changed the way he spoke to Wife, employees, new encounters. Big change, big, big change, yeah. So I guess you don't have to, do you have to utilize all the 110 skills or how does that work? Nah, I'd say that mostly stand-up comedians utilize, I think Eddie Issed is the one that scored the most about 102 points and he literally used every single skill, not just maxed it out. Mm. So stand-up comedians just have a bigger opportunity of range mm. when on stage. Mm. While, uh, say that you're a politician, <laughs> if you'd use the entire range of 110 skills, I think you, you'd probably be, be, be thrown out because you wouldn't be seen as serious. Mm. So I venture to say that the absolute majority of politicians and leaders of companies could probably... I've seen, I've seen uh, American CEOs topping out at about 78, 80. Mm. And they are exemplary. You know, we look at Steve Jobs, for instance. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, great speaker. Okay, so um, blindingly good. He yeah. Was. So 110 steps, right? Mm. You divide that into—is it five categories? Yes. Yes. So mm. you got nervousness. Yep. Body language. Mm-hmm. Voice. Mm-hmm. Language, mm-hmm. and then ultimate skills. Yeah. And um, where do does one begin to 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 work on these skills? Well, where does one begin? Well, some are more important than others. I think one of the important thing is, I think just understanding the skills and then uh, having a look at your own video, you know, to have a look at, do I fulfill this skill? Do I fulfill this skill? Obviously that takes a bit of time if you haven't done it before, Mm. but if you have a coach, like one of our coaches, we could pinpoint that in... uh, Mm. In literally five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, in, in in presenter mastery, that's the the fir- very first thing a person goes through, right? It's yeah. it's getting to send in your video, a ten minute video, to get an, a full analysis, and then mm-hmm. we look at all of the hundred ten skills, yeah. and then we give you a score. Yeah. So that's basically what you've done. Also, with the hundred ten steps matrix, uh, t- is to actually be able to score people on on a range and it's been very accurate proven mm. over mm. and over mm. and then through our program we see the progression so if they come in at i think the average what is the average number of skills the 25 yeah so i know we've had students come out starting at 25 30 35 and then being at around well, 60 70 almost up to 80 points after going through the program that's crazy that is crazy. That is awesome. Hitting 80 is wow, you know, yeah. that is awesome, just truly. And uh, I, I think that's the, um, 
I think that's the fun thing with the model as well, isn't it? That you can systematically improve mm. instead of I, when I was a coach, the first 10 years, I shot from the hip. I looked at the person, I went like, try change this, try change that, try change that, try change that. And then I met them again and I did a couple of more improvements, but it was never systematic and never, it was never, never efficient either. It wasn't, it wasn't to the point. Mm. This just changed my entire game of coaching. You know, I could, I could coach more efficiently in one hour than 10 hours. Mm. Just yeah, powerful. I, I like the way that the 110 steps breaks down presentation skills because it's, it, it, as you say, it's, it's no guesswork mm. anymore. There is, I'm a data person. You know, mm. <laughs> it's it's not that I sit and 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 have an assumption, a feeling that okay, this is wrong with our message, this is wrong with our marketing, this is wrong with the sales. I'm I think this is it. Yeah. You know, there is data points proven. Here's the problem. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's have a go. Let's have a look at one of the skills. It's 25, for instance is filler sounds. So I'd say that, I'd venture to say that most of the people listening to this podcast or most of the people in general benefit from attacking number 25. Mm. And that is the filler sounds. It's the sounds that we make between words and sentences when, and this is interesting then, because if we were to listen to any human being, their concentration of filler sounds will be the biggest when they are nervous, when they are scared, when they have lost train of thought, when they're not relaxed for sure, when they're thinking to a certain extent, when they're lying, when they feel threatened. And you look at those, so there's usually seven or eight, eight reasons why we use filler sounds in from stage mm. in a conversation it could be a little bit different because it could signal i want to keep the word i want to keep this going because i've got another thing to say mm. but from stage it's pointless because you are literally having a monologue so there's seven or eight reasons one of them is thinking one the problem now is that you leave it up to the other people the other person the the audience to figure out why did he use a filler sound so their analysis may be, well, he's probably nervous. Maybe he lost his train of thought. Maybe she, um, she wasn't prepared enough. Mm. You know, there's a hundred people sitting there and you're leaving the assumption of why you're using filler sounds up to them. That's like playing poker and showing them visibly the cards that you're having on hand. Mm. It's just downright stupid, right? Mm. Because the power of this is when do you use the least concentration of filler sounds. What do you think? When you're excited about the subject, perhaps when you when you when you when you're one hundred percent sure. Yeah, excited right? when you so when you flow. The, if it is your expert expertise area, and you know it by yeah. heart, yeah, then you wouldn't stop to need to think or mm. yeah. There you go. When you have flow, when you f when you feel read up on it, when you're well prepared, when you're mm. an expert on your subject, mm. confident. Mm. Well, obviously there are experts that would still make ums and ahs and <laughs> yeah, it is. Mm. But their concentration is lower when they're truly when they're truly um, confident 
and they have flow in their subject. So what I'm saying here is that the magic of this, number 25, is if you just remove your filler sounds and replace them with pauses and silence, you will be perceived as more confident, irrespective of what you talk about. And the power of that is just insane. Because that means that you can literally talk about anything and come through as you know what you're talking about. And I've seen this so many times done so many times a lot of these skills can be used in that way but the filler sounds are, are some of the most important ones so be perceived as more confident remove filler sounds uh yes <laughs> and not, and five percent perfectly fine to have and they can actually be used for good as well because sometimes you can actually add them consciously to show that you're thinking mm. and that's important as well now and then to to signal that but let's give them an example uh, let's do um, let's do the the pause example that i do it's it's a classic rhetorical proverb let's do it first without pauses then with pauses then with fiddles filler sound just to hear the difference right so this one goes this is, n this is no pauses and it goes like this did you know that every single decision you've ever taken in your entire life and you will take for the rest of your life is based on one thing and one thing only, and that is an emotion? If you give that emotion to the people listening, they will take the decisions you want them to take. All right, my coach steps in and says, fair volume, pace could be a bit fast, but hey, not compared to how much your pauses suck, David. You've got to go again, man. That was just horrible, horrible. And I go, okay, let's go again. This time, same proverb, just added pauses. Did you know that every single decision you've ever taken in your entire life and you will take for the rest of your life is based on one thing and one thing only? And that is an emotion. If you give that emotion to the people listening to you, they will take the decisions you want them to take. The end. And the clarity is just so much more, mm. so much better. The confidence that comes through that is, is stronger. Now compare that to what 9 out of 10 people do. They do this, and I am not kidding. Did you know that every single decision you've ever taken in your entire life and you will take for the rest of your life is based on one thing and one thing only? Uh, and that is an emotion. Uh, if you give that emotion to the people listening, uh, they will take the decisions you want them to take. Uh, <laughs> no. Such an easy skill. Yep. Such an easy skill. It, it should be. I, I, I acknowledge I, I use filler sounds. I have them. I slowly. I I do think I have less now mm -hmm. than I had before. Yes, you do, because of only being, well, sitting and recording this. I yeah. I had to be more mindful yeah. of how I speak. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but thinking about it now makes it a little bit hard. Yeah. But yeah, it's. Um, well, you're CEO of this company now, mm. and I'm employed by you. Yeah, well, that's, more yeah. or less. Yeah. Now, do you remember when I was the CEO of the company and we had a meeting, I think it was in this room, and we were sitting here and then somebody out of the group, I think it was you, suddenly 
was using two or three filler sounds in a row. Yep. And I think you were doing like a fairly important speech in front of everybody. And I just thumped my hand in the table and I, <laughs> I firmly said something of the likes, no more filler sounds or something like that. Yep. And I think that was kind of an emotional situation because you, yeah, I, I interrupted you quite abruptly. Yep. But after that, I think you cut your filler sounds down to like <laughs> one out of 10 or something like that. Yep. Sorry yep, about that. Yep. Uh, it's all right. I, it did throw me off. I could not speak. Yeah. Uh, I remember remember that very clearly. Sorry. But, <laughs> but it, it's also, I think, doing presentations in this company, someone that is new comes in mm -hmm. and has to stand in front of our group of people yeah, and yeah. speak. That yeah. is terrifying. Yeah. And that is what I struggled with. I feel you, man. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah, sorry. Ah, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. right. We do obviously hold high standards and want yep. each other to to do as well as we possibly mm. just can. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes I get the question that, you know, like Barack Obama had a bunch of filler sounds. Mm. Why? How could he? Why? You know, he was such a great speaker. And the thing is that if you, on the flip side, use all the other skills that portray confidence, you can get away with filler sounds. But usually what happens is that you use filler sounds and you don't use the other skills that portray mm. confidence. But he literally score, scored maximum points on all the other confident-related skills, but not the, uh, the filler sound skill. Yeah. yeah. So, so he still got away. And they were very small as well. They weren't prolonged or long... Mm. It's almost like he used them as a as a power element instead. It's quite cool to see. It's it's quite unusual. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the skill of of filler sounds. That's the skill of pauses. Mm. Okay. And pauses is number. I don't. There are different pauses, right? Yeah. There's uh, there's various port pauses. Yeah. So no, I wouldn't. And we also changed the order a little bit yeah. last year. Last year, so I can't remember them at the moment. But you had those. Shall we bring something else up? Let's do the... Um, I think that is 44 or 45. Mm. And it's called functional gestures. Yep. And it could be fun actually to do that as an exercise to those listening to this podcast. And if you're checking this out on YouTube, you know, just stop looking at Lucas now. Okay? So I want you, Lucas, to, um, to present a physical thing that you like doing nothing weird <laughs> just a physical thing a physical thing that i like doing all right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah okay I'll just do one yep and i want you to do it twice first for 20 seconds and then another time for 20 seconds mm. all right one of these times you're allowed to use functional gestures i.e., gesture and the other time you're not allowed to use functional gestures mm. okay are you with me yeah. So first you'll do 20 seconds, a version with or without functional gestures, and then add with or without after that, okay? The purpose of this exercise is for you who's listening to figure out if it's what's the first version or the second version where he used his functional gestures. You can't see him. I just want you to see if you can figure out by listening to his voice which version had functional gestures, number one or number two. Mm. Do you understand? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm bringing out a 
a time. Are we ready? Yep. All right, hit it, man. So I love throwing darts. You scribble them around in your hands first while you're waiting for your opponent, and then you walk up to the board, you tuck it with, you, you smash it with your foot, and then pulling the dart up slowly to check exactly what you're going to aim at, and then you're throwing it away and just seeing it soar through the air. Okay, second version, go. Okay, so what I really like about darts is walking, while you're waiting for that one, you you finger it with them a bit, right? Yes, and then going up to the plate, you kick it a bit with your foot, firm, firm step, and then just singling out exactly, okay, right there, that's where I'm going to hit, and then you throw it away and you see it soaring through the air and just hitting exactly where you wanted it to hit okay good stuff man all right so all you podcast listeners and youtube listeners who were currently blind for 40 seconds <laughs> which version was the one with functional gestures mm. and the version was da -da 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 number two. two and from my perspective it was easy to hear that your volume changed and your emphasis changed yeah, and your it's... elongated vowels yeah. changed well there's one thing where you focusing on not moving mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. but that also means that it it feels in my body and my voice that i cannot express myself fully yeah i i could feel that it was a a an hindrance a, a stop yeah yeah it's weird you know and i do this on my keynotes literally every week mm. so last week i had 400 top level managers and i did this exercise two and two with them in the room and then I asked them, you know, so the second version, what was the difference? And words were coming out of them. It was more passionate. It was more interesting. It was more engaging. It was more fun. It was more clear. The clarity went up, as they said. And then I said, so why on earth do you grab a laser pointer, show a PowerPoint, stand in the corner of the room and flip your laser pointer around on the screen killing the very skill that makes you passionate, more clear, mm. more precise, more personal, more engaging, more interesting. That's, that's presentation suicide. That's like asking yourself, how can I suck? Let's do this. Mm. It's, it's fascinating. And in this room, every single time I do this exercise, the volume increases by 30%. And I, the first question I ask him is, did I ask you all to increase your volume by 30%? Was that part of my instruction? Yes or no? So why did you do it? Because your gestures are connected to your emotional state. Hmm. And your brain is constantly analyzing what you're doing with your body and translating that into emotions, i.e. chemistry, and i.e. electrical signals. So yeah, your body is literally then looking at your body from this perspective it's, it's thinking that you're at a party suddenly you're moving your hands you're moving your arms you're you're just all over the place and your brain is like we are relaxed we are cool this is nice let's launch mm. some voice changes yay yeah and this One... works over telephone as well yeah so if you if you're a phone salesperson for instance customer service yeah 100 well the changes it makes to your voice become so clear yeah and if you if it makes you more engaged then that will obviously make <laughs> the recipient of your message 
more likable to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, superb. A&O. So yeah, well now we've gone through pauses, we've gone through filler sounds, we have covered functional gestures. Yeah. And you asked me which were the most important ones. Mm. I'd say those three are very, 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 very important. Should we cover one more in this episode? Uh, we can, we can, yeah. yes, yes. And and as we said in the beginning, if if uh, this last one, we'll go through one more. If you want to find out more about all of them, yeah. there is the TED Talk. Just search for 110 Steps of Excellent Communication and you'll find the whole TED Talk and, and a very clear... Yes, just past 2 million views. Boom, yeah. Congrats. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, so yes, let's... There's so many, you know, and they're all so... <laughs> Many of them are so important. Well, let's cover pace. That's a favorite, I think, as well. That makes a big difference. Because a lot of people are just going in one pace. And you're losing so much potential from doing that. So just by shifting pace, if we... We'll take this example. A person comes in, a speaker says, Hey, I'm going to go take you through, I'm going to take you through the brain, I'm going to take you through the reptilian system and the limbic system and the neocortex, the prefrontal cortex and the limbic cortex. And then we're going to have move into how that optimizes into a psychological structure of the eight steps where you start with intention grab, you do a polite phrase, you do then walk into the objectives and then you build the ethos and the practical information, you move out to the ethos and the logos and the pathos. And how all these are connected is so valuable for you. Now, a person that speaks in that range of pace, you compare that to this person. Hello, my name is David J.P. Phillips. I'm here today to give you something that is absolutely and utterly pointless. Nothing of what I say will be of any use to you whatsoever. It's simply a waste of time. The interesting thing is that people, when you do this in an audience, you can see the reaction is clear. People go, the second bit, the second bit, I want more of the second bit. I couldn't care less for the first bit, which was about psychology and the brain and the, you know, it's fascinating. Mm. And it works flawlessly. You know, I've done this in front of 5,000 people. I reduce pace. And you can see how their attention absolutely rocks up to the ceiling. Mm. If you combine this with a couple of other skills, like a lowered volume, lean inwards, horizontal shift, vertical shift, boom, you you have that very moment in your hand. So pace change is so important. Most people are just going at a consistent pace of five mm. on a zero to ten grade scale. Mm. What you got to practice then is to go down to a three when you want to say that this is more important, when you want to signal that this section I'm going to go through now is more important. And this section is less important, so I'll go through it really quickly. So you mm. signal what is more or less important. You are simply, from a voice perspective, you're the conductor. You, they are not in direct control of what they think is interesting you are in control of what they should think is interesting. Which is mind-blowing when you see it from that perspective. Mm. You control their interest. They may have come because they were interested, but you control it. And you do it a lot by voice. Yeah, basic skills. 
super cool, big difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, I, I guess, well, pace increases when you're excited about something, which is matching the expression of what you're actually wanting to say. Yeah, yeah. that is good that you brought that up because that is the uh, that's the exception to the rule. Yeah, because it's yeah. not less important, but you're yeah. excited. Yeah, you're excited. Mm-hmm. But that then usually, there's usually about nine other skills which are combined with that so that mm. truly shows excitement yeah. so then you can get away with a fast pace yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and the same thing if you're if you're angry it could also go mm. in a fast pace but then yeah. you're in a different emotional state the mm. general rule of thumb is that fast pace indicates that this is less important slow pace this is yeah. more important yeah I, I made a huge mistake yeah back in oh, a couple of years back where i was asked to do a sample presentation of our three-day course Mm -hmm. but we had too much content in this one-hour presentation which meant i did the whole presentation in a very high pace (laughs) because i realized i I, I, there was no way for me to get to the end and if i would have done it today i would have done it differently yeah I know that, but <laughs> I remember. So, so speaking of high pace, less importance, <laughs> I, I, there were five stakeholders yeah. that listened to this and we didn't get a single booking. No. <laughs> so it's just less oh. important. <laughs> but that's a classic. I, I love that you brought that up because that's a classic that people, they, they add so much content into their presentation that the solution is to speak really quickly to yeah. get through it all. <laughs> with no intention of what's going to stick, what's going to be interesting, what's going to be relevant. Mm. For God's sake, just remove 30% yep. and slow down and the other 70% will stick. Mm. It's, it's just a rule of thumb I have mm. as well. Mm. And also another thing, this is, I find this interesting. If you're, if you're nervous, which pace do we normally go in? Faster. Oh, yeah. Because we're in our brain, we're probably thinking, if I speak really fast and I skip all pauses, I can get away from here as soon as humanly possible. I could cut down these 20 minutes to 15, and I don't have to be here. Mm. But that's torture for you and for them. So you instinctively go super fast when you're nervous. Again, just enhancing the uninterest from your audience. So then you start get people yawning, not being interested, because you're going too fast, because you're not helping them understand. So you're just shooting yourself in the foot. So if you know that you are nervous... It's even more important to force a slow pace because then at least you'll get attention and that attention will build your confidence and, and how much you like being there. Yeah. Mm. God, I love these skills, man. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. So we talked about the 110 steps of excellent communication. Yeah. If you want to learn more, check it out on YouTube. We talked about the filler sounds. We talked about pauses, functional gestures and ended off with pace. Is there anything else you would like to add around the 110 steps? There's so many, man. We we can do multiple episodes <laughs> on the 110 steps. I think we also there's something called mother skills, but we'll cover that in a different in a different episode just to just describe a little bit more what they yeah. what they do. Yeah, I think that for sounds us. like a good idea. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we We're are good. at the end. Yeah. And I just want to say, if you're struggling with presentations and you want to learn more about becoming a master presenter, you can go to presentermastery.com slash apply to find out more about our program, apply for a spot and learn how more about how we can help you. And if you're listening and you liked what you heard, just give us a review in your podcast player. Take a screenshot of the episode 
and post it on social media. Tag us with Presenter Mastery. We would love to see what you're listening to, uh, hear your thoughts. And um, yeah, we're, we always answer back personally. There are no robots. Yeah. So yeah. There we go. All right. Thank okay. you, Lucas. Good chat. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.